This is College Dame Day, a podcast for college football fans, hosted by three sisters who recap last week's games, talk about upcoming matchups, and find some time to trash talk the teams they don't like. Let's join Megan, Amy, and Laura as they break the huddle and kick off this week's episode. Welcome, everybody. We are recapping week's 13 games, but before we do that, like always, we'll get started with the game. So, Amy, what's up this week? Our game this week, we are continuing from last week, and we are picking our all-star defensive team. And we're each going to pick a lineman, either a corner or a safety, and a linebacker. We can start with linebackers. And, Laura, do you want to go first? Yes, I have a good one for linebacker. So, the person I selected is currently playing in the NFL for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It is Levante David. He was a Big Ten Butkus Fitzgerald linebacker of the year in 2011. His first team all Big Ten. He was preseason All-American. He had a lot of awards behind him. Um, And then obviously drafted into the NFL. He had three defensive touchdowns, which is pretty impressive, and 13 fumble recoveries. So he is my pick for defensive linebacker. All right. Well, I can go ahead and go next. I am picking an older one. I picked Trev Albert, not only for his play uh, at Nebraska. He was a Buckus Award winner as well. But I really like his <laughs> commentary and um, what he did after he retired from football. He's probably the most awkward commentator I've ever seen or heard. And just the stuff that he says on live TV is just so funny. And um, so that's why I'm picking Trev Alberts. Yes, that was my pick as well. I didn't realize this, but did you know that he's the athletic director for UNO? Yes, because he's the one that shut down the like wrestling program when we decided to go to the different division. Oh, okay. And he got like a lot of hot water for it because, yeah, they had to get rid of programs. He holds the Nebraska record for career sacks. So he was a very talented linebacker and, like Amy said, an extremely awkward TV personality. I remember watching him with Mark Mays. He was just, yes, always making things very awkward, which made me feel a kinship with him because I can be the same way. He is my pick as well for linebacker. Okay, so we can move on to corner or safety and Megan why don't you go first this time since you went last well my pick for safety is Josh Bullocks he was one of the Bullocks twins he was very exciting to watch Um, he holds the single season record for interceptions and he was a finalist for the Jim Thorpe award he played with his brother in the early 2000s um, when Nebraska wasn't at their peak but they were exciting to watch and so he is my pick for safety it's like the tradition of having like brothers play at Nebraska. And I remember whenever I was yeah. to make a play, I'd be like, which one is it? It's kind of like when Davis tackles now, I assume it's Khalil, but like sometimes it's Carlos. You I'm never know. I'm quite sure. I've had a lot of brothers though, like the Rude brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rude brothers, the Peters, Makavikas, Bullocks. Yeah, we've had a lot. And, and now the um, Darian Daniels and his little brother. For mine, I picked a safety and I picked. Since I went like old school for the linebacker, I went more recent and I picked Mr. T-Rex himself, (laughs) Mr. T-Rex arms, Nate Gary. Um, (laughs) And the reason I picked him is not just for his play, but he has like the kind of like attitude that I like to see on the field, especially like on the defensive side of the ball. It's just like, he's always hungry. He's always out to like, just take people's heads off. And with that does come penalties sometimes. Um, I do remember him getting kicked out for several like targeting calls but I just like appreciate that type of play and I'd 
rather see something like that than like apathy out there. He was good at intercepting. Um, I just I like to watch him play, and so uh, that's why I'm picking him. And now he's representing the NFL too. I also what? have to. He's doing great in the NFL. He plays for the Eagles. I have to laugh at him though, because whenever I think of Nate Gary. First is football, and then the second is how he was academically ineligible for the bowl game because he failed all those classes. And you're like, at first, you're like, oh, he's probably taking some really hard classes. You like look at him, it's like basket weaving or something. Like it's, they were like not hard classes. It was obviously basket weaving, but yeah. So I always have to chuckle when I think of him because he was a team captain. He was a sociology major and had to had to sit out a game. <laughs> but that's okay. You don't have those issues in the NFL. I was gonna say he found his calling. It's playing that's football right. and making money that way. Exactly. So true. All right. Well, I am going to take it back to the late 90s, to our glory days. I'm actually going to pick Michael Booker. He was drafted by the Atlanta Falcons. He was a first-round pick. That was the days when, like, all of our defensive backfield would get drafted in the NFL. I miss those days. Um, But he was part of the two national championship teams. He was second team all Big 12. He actually got the defensive MVP for the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, when we have that famous call uh, with him picking off the pass. And then he's also the player of the game against Arizona State. But I just remember watching him. I remember his number. He They picked on him so much during that game. And he held his own, went on to play for five seasons in the NFL. And he was just kind of part of the legendary backfield that we used to have. So I picked Michael Booker. Yeah, he's uh, definitely a legend in Nebraska football. Which is yeah. why I did not pick him because I figured <laughs> someone was going to take Michael Booker. So I can still hear it was it like Bob Costas that like was calling the um in the was it the Orange Bowl or what was it? And he, I can just hear him saying Michael Booker. Like I can just yeah. hear his name being said. I I liked him too. Okay, so what we have left is our big boys up front, and Woo! go ahead and go first. And I am picking none other than. Sue. Um, Sue. Yes. I um, I loved it when, like, he would do something good, and it just sounded like the whole, like, crowd was booing, but they were saying Sue. I just remember him, like, dominating games um, from the defensive side of the ball, which is not easy to do. That last Big 12 championship we had with Texas, he pretty much had us in that game by himself. I think the year before when we played Texas and beat them, I think he pretty much won the game. He he just, I, I've never seen a defensive player to this day dominate the game like he does. And I think it showed when he was the Heisman candidate. I still think he should have won. I think it's more impressive when defensive players make that big of an impact in a game than offensive players. But apparently not all the voters agree with me. So when people talk about Chase Young at OSU, when people start talking about his Heisman talk, I do think he's in the running. But if Sue's not going to get any higher than four, it, it is extremely hard for defensive players to win it. So, Did you guys know that Sue was recruited by Callahan? So his freshman year, he actually wasn't a standout. He didn't have a very impressive well, year at all. Surgery. He was injured. He too. did get injured. He did get injured. But then it was really under Pelini's um, coaching that he became yes, the star that he is that, today. The anger makes sense. The anger with which yes. he <laughs> Yes, he really channeled that anger. Yeah. <laughs> My choice for defensive end was Grant Wistrom. He is part of that legendary 94 to 97 team. He was part of several national championship teams. He was a Lombardi winner and he went on to have a successful career with the Rams and the Seahawks. So kind of another Nebraska legend, Grant Wistrom. 
Okay, I like it. Kind of going with that theme and also the theme of brothers, my pick is Jason Peter. So he was a defensive end, um, and he also obviously also played that position in the NFL. I selected him because he helped us win three national championships. Obviously, he's on the 94 through 97. He was also the All-American. He was a two-time All-Conference selection. Um, and when you're talking about brothers, obviously, Christian also played at Nebraska. But there's also a third brother, Damian. And I was reading that he actually got paralyzed, but he was going to be playing football at Notre Dame. Didn't know they had a third brother there. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I saw that he was preparing for the NFL draft. He was projected to be in the top 10, um, but didn't go until the 14th pick. And he published a book talking about how that kind of like drove him, but all of the challenges he had with having a lot of injuries and surgeries and then eventually getting hooked on uh, like prescription medication. It's a very interesting read to kind of see how the highs and lows of life and how he bounces back from, you know, being super high going through Nebraska to having a kind of a failed NFL career. And so I don't know, I thought it was really interesting. I was kind of just reading a little bit about the book that he put out here, but I do remember him being a standout at Nebraska. And then of course the picture that all of us know of him hugging Tom Osborne after the win, that's pretty legendary in Nebraska. So I had to pick him. There's also some pictures of him, like, because back in that day, they all wore those, like, short, like, crop top, like, jersey things. Yeah. Both him and um, Grant Wistrom had, like, you know, six-pack, like, anyway. So there's a couple famous pictures there, too. Just FYI, if you wanted to Google. (laughs) (laughs) Well, talking about the defensive players reminds me of living in the glory days. But for Husker fans, the glory days were only yesterday, Saturday, when we blew out Maryland. So let's talk about that game. And I think it is appropriate that we talked about defense because our defense looked on fire yesterday. Like there were times that our offense looked good and was clicking and then times that it didn't. But I think our defense, except for that little, you know, thing at the end, um, it looked solid all day long. Mm-hmm. I was very impressed. I was mm-hmm. really impressed with J.D. Spielman uh, with the two touchdowns he had. I was just glad to see that he got more involved in the offense. And I was really impressed, too, with Luke McCaffrey. Um, Yeah, super excited about him. Super excited about the future with him. And I'm glad that he still has uh, one game of eligibility left to redshirt because I think we could use him against Iowa in some really, like, fun and creative ways. I like that Scott used him for the Black 41 flash reverse in that one game. I like the reverse that we did this game. It's fun seeing him lined up to go, like, to be receiver. And then he was, like, out throwing blocks and stuff for Adrian when he kept it and ran. It was just really neat seeing him play. And I like the versatility where he can line up in a receiver or be a passer. I don't know. I feel like Adrian should, like, line up his receiver sometimes, too, and they can just, like, switch around. I just think that'd be, like, so fun. <laughs> Like, you know, like, hey, dude, which was the defense? Like, like how you was at recess, like growing up, like, hey, can I be quarterback this snap? Like, you know, and like, okay, and then you be and then you just like switch around. I don't know. I just I really liked seeing that this game. It was fun. And I liked seeing I just like I forgot what it was like to have a game where you can just relax and have fun. And yeah, all the different ways to score. And Scott was getting creative with the play calling. And it was just enjoyable. It's Mm -hmm. more fun when you like that and I feel like we saw like the positive side of variance in that game where mm-hmm. all the unlucky stuff that was happening to us all season long I felt like it all came back in like one game's worth yes um which I wish it could have been parceled out to a few other games but I'll take it it was just a fun game to watch it really is very fun to win <laughs> I like that um but do you guys know how many penalties Nebraska had in the game zero 
No. One. That would have been better. <laughs> it was Two. one. Yes. It was just one. It was holding. So, and I think it was actually on McCaffrey. But it was like, because holding is like a spot penalty. Yes. It was like um, down the field. And so it, mm-hmm. it came back and it was like first and seven. So it, <laughs> it didn't right. even really hurt us at all because it was like better starting spot. Yeah. And I was really impressed with our special teams. That's been a real weak spot for us the past few games or really this whole season. But it was very exciting to see um, Waldock come in. Is that how you say his name? Waldock? Yes. I think so. He's so new. Like we don't really even know much about him. But to see him come in and look really good. I was very impressed with his kicking and just more with his mental game. You know, that's got to be nerve wracking to be the new kicker and have to come in and kick several field goals. And he handled it really well. So I was very impressed with that. And we even got Harrison Martin in for the last kick in the game. Was it just an extra point or was it It a field goal? I can't remember. It was, I think it was an extra point. point, um, Yeah. Because Waldock hit three for three on field goals, which ironically were all from 29. So maybe that's his magic number. And then four for four on PATs. So. Okay. Okay. But um, the special thing about Martin was his dad like um, went to the Maryland game because he was a walk on, and um, mm-hmm. this was like the first game that he suited up for, and his dad was just beside himself like taking pictures, like because his son was like warming up on the field before the game, and he was just like proud dad moment right here, and he was like taking all these pictures and posting them to like all the Husker sites and stuff, and then like when he actually got in the game and kicked the extra point, it was just like uh, he was just like overcome. Yeah. I don't know, like, like something really special that's what like you know Nebraska football is about you know yeah. boys that dream of playing for us growing up and then they actually get in the game and score a point it, it's just it's special well I mean both of these kickers are walk-ons within the last several weeks like they haven't even <laughs> been the team all season you know so it is nice to see that kicking them all around he's like hey <laughs> Exactly. I mean, it's it's great that maybe we'll have some depth at that position. Um, does anyone know what's going on with Pickering? They said still injury. So injury. I don't. Well, because I remember they said it was a hip flexor injury, and so I don't know if those. I don't know how those heal. I guess. Yeah. Maybe they how don't. long does it take? They are yeah. really annoying because I messed my hip flexor up squatting, and it was just like my right one, and it it's kind of like a groin where it's like you'll think it's getting better, and then like one bad move something and it's back again and they just they linger i will say i do feel just a twinge bad for maryland after all of their quarterbacks kept dropping i like amy said i feel like a lot of the calls a lot of the tip balls went our way when we forced that fumble in the first quarter it went like right into our defender's arms into the sneak's arms so Mm -hmm. i feel like we like amy said we had a little bit of luck on our side but i also feel bad for maryland because their poor quarterbacks were dropping like flies out there at one point when josh jackson went down i was like i bet he just doesn't want to be in this game anymore i'm not even He's kidding like done playing. Like, he like, and he was completely fine and then he was over on the sideline like talking and walking around so i bet he was just like this game is frustrating yeah. i was really impressed though i think adrian looked better as well i think he needed this game to kind of build up the confidence before we go to iowa next week bonus i mean i called it last week i said i think nebraska is going to cover we definitely did by way more than I thought. And shout out because Hy-Vee gives you as many points as Husker scores. If you spend that much, that's how much you get off in cents per gallon. So thank you, Nebraska, for giving me 54 cents off a gallon this week. Nice. But, so look out for the little people. Um, did you know that J.D. Spielman was sick for that game? Yeah, he was. They thought maybe wouldn't even suit up. Someone yeah. said that. 
Yeah, well, he had like food poisoning and then they think the flu is going around and all of these things. I mean, he had to get an IV that morning. He didn't play like after we got that big lead in the second half, he didn't Mm -hmm. come back yet. But I do know that his dad, who's the GM of the Vikings, was there. And so I'm wondering if he just didn't want to like play for him. I don't know. Like, you know, if he just didn't be like, yeah, get an IV in me and let me play. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they're up watching in the press box, which I think is cute. He's the first Nebraska player to have three seasons of 800 yards receiving, and he was moving up on the depth chart, and they showed him passing Johnny Rogers, um, which is pretty exciting. So, yeah, he had a great game. I, would, I wouldn't I would have known unless I read it that he was getting IV treatment that morning for the flu. And he, if he has, like, any kind of halfway decent season next year, he'll be our all-time receiving leader, I'm pretty sure. I think he only needs, like, four or 500 yards to take over that very, like, of all time, you know, like, your whole career. I thought that was cool, too. So I have a trivia question for you guys. Okay. We know the black shirts gave up only one touchdown, which is pretty good when Lee got the 58-yarder toward the end. When was the last time Nebraska had a shutout victory? Well, it has not been since Scott was there, correct? Correct. It's been quite a while, actually. Oh, has it? Okay. Because I was thinking... Was it Mike Riley or Bo Pelini? Bo Pelini. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Akron. I want to say Michigan State. It was actually Arizona in the 2009 Holiday Bowl. Okay, so a lot of fun watching the Huskers play this week, and we think you guys will have a lot of fun with our next segment, which is going to be football on fleek. Amy, tell us about it. Okay, we're picking the best or coolest college football stadiums and the ugliest or most depressing so, which one do we want to start with? Well, I mean, obviously, we're all going to pick Nebraska because of the fans, so. But right. I do think we have a very cool, like, pretty campus and cool stadium, too. Like, that's not biased. No, I don't think it's biased. It is one of the best stadiums. Like, yeah. just objectively. Like, that's, right. I think, a consensus among but college I football think, fans. I do think there's a point, though, that, like, part of the reason it's so cool to play there is because of the fans, too. So, they're... they're I guess fans do kind of play a part in, um, like, what makes us, I don't know, like, an experience at a stadium. But, okay, so we're, we're starting with good ones then? Sure. Yeah. I've got okay. one. Okay. Okay. So, behind Nebraska, obviously, and probably Hawaii's, the pick that I have is LSU's Tiger Stadium. It's called Death Valley for a reason. Got a lot of crowd noise going on. They're really good right now. Um, and I feel like the weather can get too cold, right? So, that would be my pick. I think mine might be a little bit of a hot take. I'm not sure. But I think that the LA Memorial Coliseum that USC plays in, I think that it is really a pretty stadium. I've never I been actually, there. That's not my worst list. <laughs> oh, is it really? That's why I thought it might be a hot take. I just, I think it's a really pretty stadium. I don't really have any other reason uh, for choosing it because, like I said, I've never been there, so I don't know what the atmosphere is like. But whenever it's on TV, I'm always thinking, "Oh, that's a really pretty stadium." So, what about you, Amy? What's your favorite? Well, it's ironic that you say that because I think that a cool one to go, and I, I think it's probably a lot because of like the history. But the Rose Bowl, um, where UCLA plays, I do think that that's a cool one, and I do think it's a lot because of the history. I just like like Western United States more than Eastern too. That's probably another reason why, but um, I think that's a cool one. A lot yeah. of history and just big games that have been there. Mm-hmm. I love a lot of the PAC 12 stadiums. I like yeah. the stadiums and not necessarily the caliber of football that they play out there, 
But the Rose Bowl, I agree with you. Just the tradition of it. It's my favorite bowl. And something about being in Central or Eastern time and then you watch the Rose Bowl and it's sunny and warm there. You know, it's just I have really good memories of watching the Rose Bowl growing up. So I agree with you. A lot of times, too, if they have a later game, like when you see the sun setting, just like the sunsets out there are beautiful. Like there's some pretty pictures of like, you know, the backdrop behind the stadium, just like a really pretty sky and stuff too. So I think that's another reason, but behind Memorial Stadium, that's probably where I would like to go see a game the most. So, okay. and it would be a bonus if, you know, Nebraska. Anyway. um, Okay. So we'll move on to ugly, gross, depressing, any or all of the above. Um, I do think that it's ironic when you see Ohio State from the top, it does look like a giant toilet seat. So just throwing that out there for maybe one of the ugliest ones. What do you guys think for the ugliest? Mike, go ahead. You go first this time. So I'm not a fan of Northwestern Stadium, Ryan Field. I feel like it's very blah, very gray. It's always empty. You never see it full of fans kind of depressing to me and it's always very cold there because it's in Chicago so I don't know it just doesn't make for an appealing sporting experience to me yeah I agree I um I kind of think along the same lines with Iowa State I don't know why that place just it just depresses me like when they had game day there this year Mm -hmm. I was like this depressing that it's here I don't know why that place just depresses me Mm -hmm. um Sometimes it's hard to capture why it is the way it is, but yes. Probably because it's Iowa, but... Probably. Know. Probably because it's Northwestern, but I'm not a fan. Laura? I picked... So I thought about doing, like, the gimme, the Boise State with the blue field, or Maryland because of the awful color design that they have. But the one that I settled on is Eastern Michigan, and it is ugly. And I'm sure this it's not full either. But I was reading about how... In 2014, they had so they they did do some updates and some renovations. The original field turf wasn't replaced by a new gray field turf surface. So you've got like a red track that goes around it, green scenery, and then this like gray field turf surface does not work. And then I was reading about how the turf may is like retains or somehow gets about 20 degrees hotter than what it is outside. So like ugh. in the early season games, it's like unbearable for them to play on. It's like, oh, so I picked that one and it's, it is pretty ugly. Yeah. That sounds terrible. Amy, what about you? Does Ohio oh, you just didn't expound upon it. Oh, okay. Oh, well, it just looks like a giant toilet seat. And I just, because I don't like them, you know, so much, I think that translates into it too. It is always like full though. But <laughs> the toilet is always full. <laughs> oh crap! <laughs> okay, so um, true. I don't know. There's several. I hate um Colorado's football field, but I have to say that like there's a certain side of it that like you can see the mountains in the background, and it's like I guess that's what saves it from complete like depression for me because it it is kind of like pretty from that one angle, but um. I hate there. I, a lot of the, the places I find ugly are places that we've played that I just can't stand, I guess. It's the bad memories. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So it's like my emotion is tied to it. And so it's like making making it ugly for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I just sent you guys a picture. Did you guys get it? Yeah. Okay. So this is when I was doing this segment, it made me think of this. And I remember when it happened because a lot of people thought it was real. So Cincinnati football 
put out a tweet and they were like crowdsourcing ideas from their fans for their new field of what they wanted it to look like. So they posted a picture and listeners, please go look at it. And (laughs) so the field is midnight black, except for these two bright red end zones. And then between like the 40 yard lines, there's these two huge eyes on the field and Cincinnati put it out and they're like, thank you so much, everybody. Can't wait to have this place rocking for the game tonight. And everyone thought it was serious and lost it. It turned out to be just a joke. If you go Google this picture, it's hilarious. I can't decide if I like it or if I don't. Yeah, I kind of wonder if people were like going crazy because they really liked it or because they thought it was hideous because there's a fine line. But yeah, it's pretty funny. You'll have to Google it. Cincinnati football uh, fake field design. All right. Well, I have a trivia question for you guys. Which college football stadium holds the largest capacity? So which is the biggest by Michigan or OSU? Ohio State. Ohio State, yeah. It is actually Michigan. Michigan, dang it. I knew it was one of them. Ohio State's up there too, though. Yeah, it's Michigan, Penn State, and then Texas A&M. Nebraska is 14th on the list with 85,000. We have 90 regularly. Yeah, and we need to take out the bleachers and get individual seats because there are some large people at the games. Anyway, um, continue. Yes, yeah, so take up more, which that should be like an airplane. Like if you take up more than one seat, you should have to buy two tickets because I was like sitting on Laura's lap at the Ohio State game. And it was like the two Ohio State fans that were next to us. He was like in my seat. Yeah. Well, speaking of Ohio State, Laura, would you like to go over last week's games? Let's do it. All right. So last week's games, we will start with the game day, Penn State, Ohio State. Um, The spread was 18, so Ohio State did not cover. Okay. The one thing that I want to say here, you can tell that I'm about to make a point. I'm like, hold up. Yeah. Justin Fields did not look good. And here's my gripe with him. I know he's young. I think he will get better. But I'm like, he's only in a Heisman talk because of the candidates around him that make him better. When he finally got pressure on him, he was missing passes. He was making bad decisions. And I was like, your receivers build you out of two picks. Anywho, I thought Ohio State would look better than they did. But at no moment during that game did I think they were going to lose. Even when it came down to like 21-14, I still had zero doubt that they were going to win. Yeah, that's one of my pet peeves is... Over the past 24 hours, all I've been hearing from people who are breaking down the game is how Ohio State has finally been tested and Ohio State, their true colors are showing and all of this. And I'm just like, they beat the number eight ranked team by 11 points. They look dominant. Mm -hmm. They had Mm -hmm. several opportunities to go up more. Like when Justin Fields fumbled into the end zone, that could have easily been a touchdown. When they sacked the backup quarterback, the Penn State backup quarterback, that could have easily been a safety. There were so many times that Ohio State didn't get the points where it was really close. And I just think, I mean, Ellis, you didn't look that dominant over any of the top 25 teams that they've played. So, well, maybe Florida, maybe Florida, they beat Florida by 14. But I don't know, it's just like a little bit of a gripe that I have, because I think that Ohio State should be number one. Ohio State still look dominant, for sure. Yeah, they still look like the best team because even when their quarterback has a bad game, they're still beating a top 10 team by 11 points. Anyway, that's my rant. So I'm I'm done. Off soapbox. Amy. Okay, Amy, well, take over. Yeah, I think we like established a while ago that people are in the highest spin race simply because of 
the, you know, supporting cast around them. And that's something we determined with Justin Fields. Like, if he was behind our line, he would be struggling probably just as much as Adrian, I think. You know, that gets in your head. So I totally agree with that. I think we already established that. You know, he is what he is because of his line and his receivers. But yeah, I agree. There was several times that, um, you know, when he fumbled going into the end zone, they should have had more points, but they didn't. But it still wasn't really ever, like... At no point was Penn State, could they have gone up on them when they had the ball. You know, the most they were ever mm-hmm. within was like one score. But it wasn't really that close of a game if you watched the game. Yeah, like them getting the victory was never really in doubt. It was just like, oh my goodness, there's a team within, you know, double digit points of them or whatever. Right. And that has happened all year. So, you know, oh my gosh, like it's crazy. Right. and. Because they've been winning by so much when they have a game that's even like a little bit close. I think people are like, oh my goodness, they're beatable. But it's like, not really. Like they just, and that was them like having a horrible game too. And their quarterback not playing well, Um, you know, fumbles, turnover. Like it was just not that great of a game for them. And they still won by that much. Three turnovers, I think, if not Mm -hmm. more. And still managed to win the game easily. So a top 10 team that much. So yeah, it's like. Whatever, no. but I almost like them being not number one going in because I feel like that kind of makes you hungrier. And so I feel like, you know, if they were to go in first, I feel like LSU would kind of be offended or, or like we should be first. So like just let LSU go in ranked first. And then like I just cannot wait till they play each other. And like I just want them to like murder them. Yeah. Well, like, I think they will. So sweet. Yeah. I do too. I do too. But I just want to like yeah. establish some dominance. The Big Ten is harder like than people give it credit for. And like, I I'm I think we are getting more credit like having Penn State in the fourth spot when the playoffs first came out. I think that mm-hmm. they it shows that they are giving us some credibility, but I think we deserve more and I I think that this will go a long way. The next game we'll go to is Texas A&M at Georgia. Georgia was supposed to cover by 13. They won 19 to 13. I didn't watch too much of this game. Did Texas A&M show up or is Georgia just a struggle Georgia, bus? Georgia is, yeah, they look terrible. They were on the Jake Fromm had a horrible game. Well, I mean, not horrible. Like he plays above average, average, or a little below average. He's never great. He's okay. never terrible. He's consistently okay. He was consistently less than okay in that game. I think he was a little under 50% for completions. It wasn't a great game for Georgia. Okay. The next game is Michigan at Indiana. The spread was nine. Michigan did cover. They ended up winning 39 to 14. It was a pretty close game until the second half. I think Michigan got its key turnover and was able to score off of it. Amy, what were your thoughts? Um, Yeah, this is kind of how the last several games for Michigan have gone. They kind of like take a while to get going. Um, Indiana was up at one point or several points. And then once Michigan kind of yeah, took off like right like later in the game, then they just blew them out. And that's kind of how they've been playing everybody mm-hmm. recently. Yeah. yeah. Michigan has really improved. So we'll yeah. see next week what they're really made of. Yeah, that's true. Big game. Pitt at Virginia Tech. We all took Virginia Tech, who was favored by four. They ended up winning 28 to zero. So May, Megan, maybe you've got it. Maybe VTech number two in the ACC. Anyone's hot takes or thoughts on the game? Not really. Uh- I didn't watch. This. I didn't watch it either. That is the story of the ACC because I did not either. On to the next one. Texas at Baylor. Baylor was favored by five and a half. I think I was pretty shocked at how handily they put away Texas. They won 24 to 10. Didn't seem like too much of an issue. Mm-mm. And that last well, 
touchdown was at like the very very end of the game too so it yeah it was worse yeah they were beating them yeah, worse they were beating yeah. them worse last game Oregon at Arizona State I won by default but I will take it because good I had job, to win 13 to get this win I am not good at this so I'm going to hold on to it I actually did watch some of it because it wasn't the Pac-12 after dark game it was on at like 6:30 so I could stay awake for it but Arizona State I don't they were impressive pretty good I, I bet Megan has some good takes on Justin Herbert for this game. Well, he looked horrible, I will say. And, like, the commentators, like, kept, like, trying to, like, talk him up for the Heisman race, like, that he's still in it. And I'm just like, what are you smoking? Like, he's been out for a while. He's not good. And he killed any chances with this game. I don't think he's good. Yeah, no, I've never thought he was good, as you guys know. We know. Um, but <laughs> the Arizona State quarterback is a true freshman. Yeah, he looks good. He looked good. I mean, those long passes were so accurate. He's also the skinniest football player I think I've ever seen. I don't he know how tall he is, but he was a little string bean out there. Alex Henry looks like a sumo wrestler next to him. Yes. yes. He needs to put on some weight in the next four years. Anyway, I, was, yeah. I thought that was a great game. Arizona State really looked good. I was very impressed with the way they played. They did look very good. I thought Herm Edwards' call on third and 10 when they were only up by seven, where the quarterback threw that really, really deep pass. I went for a touchdown. thought that was a pretty baller move. I, I appreciated it. kind of sealed the game. But I thought it was a really fun game to watch, and it was Pac-12. So Yeah. Did you hear Herm Edwards being interviewed after the game about that play? Yeah, he sounded like a little bit, oh, not about that play, but like he almost sounded like a little bitter, like, I don't know, like that they don't get credit for like being on primetime like good tv like, i don't know did you guys hear his interview yeah yeah i don't i think i don't know if that's what he meant or if he's just kind right. of awkward because i definitely think that's part of it but they asked him about that play of the third and ten and he said he told his quarterback we need a first down and he threw that long pass for the touchdown or whatever and he's like so he listened so he's good at listening so i like that <laughs> <laughs> he's just like so quirky <laughs> i like i like her medwards a lot that's fine Well, let's make some picks for next week. We have the Apple Cup, Washington State playing Washington. Who do you guys have in that game? Washington State. Laura? Uh, I will take Washington. I have have no idea. Sure, I'll take Washington. Okay, I'm going to take Washington State as well. They Washington has not looked good. They looked um, horrible against Colorado last night. Horrible. Yeah, so, I mean, they could turn it around, but I'm going to go with Washington State too. Virginia Tech is playing at Virginia. Do you guys know what their rivalry is called? The hillbillies? Close. The cousins? It's called the Commonwealth Clash. So Uh, who is going to win the Commonwealth Clash? Virginia Tech. Give me that V-Tech. You guys, it's going to be so boring, but I'm taking Virginia Tech as well. I Okay, that's why I took a different one for the other pick. It's fine. It's fine. We have a lot of games. Cincinnati is playing at Memphis. There is no name for this game. It's, it must no be super new, <laughs> no but or, no one cares about it. Cincinnati or Memphis, guys? I'm going with Memphis. Okay, Laura. Yeah, I'm going Memphis, too. Okay, to be different, I'm going to take Cincinnati. Okay. All right, Clemson is playing at South Carolina in the Palmetto Bowl. Take Clemson. I think Clemson's a pretty safe pick. Amy? Okay, here's the thing, though. <laughs> I, I would pick. Clemson to win the game, but whatever the spread is, I would probably pick South Carolina just because mm-hmm. they kind of show up for big games as well. They beat Georgia, and I think that it'll probably be one of the like more competitive games that Clemson will see all year. Yeah. I'm going to pick 
South Carolina against the spread in the dark, you know, because we don't know what it is yet. So I'm going to pick them the spread in the dark. Okay. Moving on to the Iron Bowl. Alabama's playing at Auburn. Alabama. Did you hear the announcer when, like, they were playing this week? And he's like, Alabama going to be playing in their annual tune-up game before the Iron Bowl? (laughs) I was like, it's terrible. It's so Okay. Pick, pick, pick. Alabama. Amy? I will pick... I kind of want to pick Alabama, but I'll I'll pick Auburn to be different. Um, Well, I haven't picked yet, so was out, so I'll just pick Auburn. But Megan, who did you pick for the Clemson South Carolina? Because I don't think you went then. Oh, I said Clemson. Clemson. Oh, I just said Clemson was a good pick because I think they will win. I'm actually picking Auburn in the Iron Bowl at Jordan Hare. I don't think Alabama can win without Tua, so I'm going Auburn. All right, Ohio State playing at Michigan in the game. The, the game. State University. I mean, it's just like so typical. So of them. But anyway, OSU. who do you guys think? OSU? Amy? Yeah, Ohio State. There's no way, because like... Amy, we don't have time for the Discord. Just pick a game. Okay, Ohio State. Okay, all right. I'm going to pick Ohio State as well. As you guys know, I think they're the best team in the country. Wisconsin is playing at Minnesota. Do you know what they're playing for? A pig. No. Oh, the axe. It's some ugly... like Paul Bunyan's axe. It's axe. Do you know yeah. what it used to be before it was Paul Bunyan's axe? Do you know what they played for? Hockey stick. A better night. It was called, it, the trophy was called the Slab of Bacon. Okay. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> you know, I would play for that. Vegans everywhere are offended. Okay, go ahead. I'm picking Wisconsin. Okay. I'm going to pick Minnesota just to be different. I think Wisconsin is like falling off at the wrong time instead of getting better. I'm going to pick Minnesota. I think they got a shot at home. Yeah, I think Minnesota, too. It'll be interesting to see who wins that. All right. Oklahoma is playing at Oklahoma State. I will take Oklahoma State. I figure we're all going to take Oklahoma State. State. I think we should just be picking these games, like, based, like, on in-the-dark spreads. Um, So I'm just going to pick Oklahoma State because I know Oklahoma is going to be favored. So I'll pick Oklahoma State against the spread. Okay. Well, we'll all three go for Oklahoma State then. We can cheer for them on Saturday. All right, that brings us to the Iowa-Nebraska game, playing for the Heroes Trophy. Go ahead and give me your score prediction. So, Michael and I are heading down to the game. It's supposed to be a little rainy, a little cold. So, I'm going to go Nebraska 17, Iowa 13. Okay, Amy? Um, I'm going to say Nebraska 30, Iowa, well... Iowa games have been really low this year. I'm going to say Iowa 21. Okay, I'm going to say 33 to 17. All right, we are excited for this week's game. Hopefully this will be a Nebraska win and we will go bowling. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to College Dame Day. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also hit us up. We are at College Dame Day on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join us again next week for more college football content. Nebraska 31, Iowa 21. Okay, I feel like you picked a very close score to me. Oh, I'm sorry. What did you say again? I wasn't. You said 30 to 21, and you said 31. You said 31. It's like the price is right. Exactly. That's what I felt like. Okay. Okay. I I wasn't listening to you. I confess.